The opinions and views expressed on this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show or other programs on KUCI, please log on to KUCI.org for the latest program schedule. KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. The Heather McCoy Show. Welcome to the Heather McCoy Show. In our middle segment today, we'll be talking with Reverend Harry Knox about the pending eDNA legislation and the religious exemptions that he say go too far in the bill. Then rounding out the hour, we'll have Robert Larson join us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. But first, we'll start off with a regular contributor, the blogger behind FieldTheSchemes.com, Neil DeMoss. Welcome to the show, Neil. Hey, how's it going? Oh, pretty good. It's uh, actually nice out today. So I, I heard it just started snowing again. Yeah, apparently this is going to be the uh, the winter of snow. With it, you know, what with climate change and all, we get a surprise winter every time. <laughs> yeah. New York now. So, um, you know, some winters it's 60 degrees all winter, and some winters we just get deluged with snow. But, oh. Uh, it's 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 the it's the new world climate. It's it's, it's fun. It's yeah, exciting. it's at, unpredictable. At least it's not a hurricane, right? <laughs> right. Other other winters <laughs> will get giant hurricanes that uh, knock out our subways for an yeah. entire month. Yeah, uh, we'll start the show with the unprecedented news first: the uh, Columbus Arena Initiative, which would stop city the city's portion of the payment on buying the arena that the Blue Jackets play in from a private development. Uh, from a private developer got through with enough signatures verified to go before the uh, Columbus voters twice. Uh, Why two parts for this vote? Apparently, and I'm not quite sure why they're doing it this way, but the idea is first you vote on whether or not voters have to vote on paying off the arena debt, and then you vote on whether to pay off the arena debt. Um, it sort of makes sense from a conceptual angle if you're saying we're not trying to default on the debt, we're just trying to establish that voters should have a say in this. Um, but it's going to make for a very, very weird campaign, right? Because first you're going to have people voting on should we stop payment on the debt until we vote to then resume payment on the debt, and then you have to have another vote on that. Um, the whole thing is really, really weird. I mean, you know, the, you've got this deal that was fairly horrible where uh, Columbus agreed to, you know, take this arena and all its debts off the hands of, uh, of the private hockey team a couple years ago. Um, and, you know, I, I think I and a lot of people would say that it would be great to be able to call a do-over on it, but they did do the deal and they, you know, got these, uh, you know, these, these bonds that were sold that are, you know, actually paying off the the arena debt now, and it would be very strange for them then to order the uh, the arena district to say, okay, sorry, stop the checks. You know, we have to we have to come back and and vote on this. Um, it it's interesting, and I think it's going to be interesting for other cities as well, right? Because there's plenty of other cities I'm sure where people would like to be able to say, oh man, you know, now that we actually did the deal, we realize how terrible it is. Should we just you know? Stop payment on the stadium and and uh, and deal with the fact that you know we're we're defaulting on our debts. Um, I don't really expect to see a lot of cities doing that, but if you've got other cities where you've got an initiative, uh, you know, opportunity you know, to put stuff on the ballot um, easily, then I could certainly see other cities copying this. Would they default on the debt, or would there other partners, including the Ohio State University and the Franklin County Convention Center? Um, would they step up and take the place of their partner? I think this is just the city's piece that they would be 
be defaulting on? And it's really, really unclear. You know, the, the, every time they ask for legal opinions, um, it, you know, Ohio legal experts sort of say, huh, we never thought of that before. <laughs> Guys <laughs> throw up their hands. Um, you know, I don't know whether the city can then find other money to use to pay off the debt instead of the money that's already been allocated. It's very, very, very unclear. Again, it seems unlikely to me that they'll be able to stop payment on the arena by this means. I mean, you know, we've seen other supposedly ironclad ways of stopping cities from paying for stadiums and arenas get worked around by, uh, you know, elected officials. I mean, look what happened in Minneapolis, right, where they passed yeah. Referendum saying or initiative saying, uh, you know, you couldn't spend more than ten million dollars on any sports facility, and then the city wound up spending hundreds of millions of dollars in the Viking Stadium because they found some way of saying, well, it's not really city money. Um, so I, I expect that right now all the city lawyers in Columbus are figuring out a way of getting around this if they do lose the referendum. But it's it's certainly entertaining. Yeah, did the Columbus Blue Jackets have equity built up into the arena so that um, this, the other partners stepped in later to buy it? They didn't have to pay as much. And for those that have never bought an arena before, does it depreciate like a used car? Arenas depreciate like pretty much the minute you open them. I think it's you know <laughs> <laughs> more like more like. Um, um, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of something. Something they 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 I don't know. They're they're never worth what they're cost to build. You know, yeah. because the we really don't want to own an arena. You want to own the right to play in an arena and the right to make revenue off an arena. Um, so I think the Blue Jackets realized that fairly quickly, and that's why they tried to get out from under um, the actual ownership piece. Um, I have, to be honest with you, completely lost track of how the equity worked, and it was such a complicated deal to start with, and then it was such a complicated <laughs> deal to arrange the bailout yeah. um, that I'm not sure who wound up paying what. Um, but it's, you know, the, the, the upshot was that the Blue Jackets came to the city and said, hey, you know, we built this arena, we're losing money on it. Here's a great way of us not losing any more money on it. How about you lose money on it instead? <laughs> and the city said, oh, that's a great solution, and went for it. In other stadium voting news, the residents of Sacramento have put enough signatures on the ballot to put the question of what, should the city build a new arena for the Kings in, for, in front of the Sacramento voters next June, Mayor Kevin Johnson announced the name of the new Pro Arena group as the 4,000, uh, as uh, in this project will gra uh, create 4,000 new jobs. But his math isn't quite right with that. Yeah, apparently the 4,000 new jobs <laughs> is like some years-old claim by the Kings themselves. Um, and the act, the last time anybody actually uh, uh, tried to calculate how many genuine new jobs would be created by this project, it was something like, was it 219? You may have it in front yeah, of me. Yeah, I have it in front of me. 219 was the actual report in 2010. 219, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah, there's been lots of, lots of people joking on Twitter about uh, how it's really been called <laughs> the 219, you know. Um, but it's just, it's just a strange, I mean, I guess it's not strange. I guess this is how you, uh, is how you do PR in, uh, in the 21st century, right, is you come up with a name that encapsulates your entire message w without even having to explain the message, you know. You just people hear it, and they're like, oh, 4,000. That's great, 4,000 new somethings. Um, so the, my favorite part of that actually isn't even, isn't even that. My favorite part now is that, so they filed, you know, stop the uh, 
I don't remember what the Stop standard. something from Wait, wasting. Sacramento taxpayers opposed to pork, is that right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, there's such great names in this deal, you know? Um, this, this is going to make a fantastic movie of the week sometime, even if it's not a very, you know, good, good city policy. Um, the, so stop filed the petitions, and, uh, and uh, um, they have to be counted, right, and be verified. And yeah. now the 4,000 are <laughs> is, um, is trying to say that stop should pay for counting, the, for, for validating the petitions, even though, you know, it's a city petition process. The city pays for that stuff. I, it, it, it really is crazy, and, like, I think it was mostly, you know, that, that accusation was mostly just, a way for the 4,000 people to say, you should pay for this because you've got all that money from those out-of-town millionaires who are secretly bankrolling your campaign. <laughs> um, that's the message they really wanted to get across. Yeah, definitely. I like your idea of the arena op- opponents changing their acronym from STOP to the $334 million. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> That was great. Which is the amount of money that would actually be, be put into this. I mean... I don't know. This really opens up uh, opens up uh, lots of opportunities. I guess, I guess for a guy who co-wrote a book called Field of Schemes, I should be more aware of <laughs> the opportunities provided in putting in, you know in in uh, naming your uh, your project after your message. But um, but yeah, like uh, I wonder if the the Kings could like uh, change their name to the sacramento job creators or something like that that would do even better <laughs> i'm actually thinking it would be a good 30 on 30 piece for espn because it's just such a bizarre arena fight it would have to be a 30 on 4,000. 30 on 4,000, exactly um so in atlanta braves land the relocation plan now has hit been hit by a lawsuit from the atlanta tea party patriots the the issue is whether or not it's legal to extend existing property taxes surcharges past the current dates that they expire to fund a new stadium project for the Braves. Has this been done before, and how likely is the tea, that the Tea Party can come up with an injunction to stop the project before it goes Minnesota Vikings on them? As in, we started it, we can't stop now. Yeah, I mean, the, the second half first, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's always um, dicey to try and get these kinds of things injuncted, right? Because it's a stronger, stronger, uh, you know, level of, of proof you need, um, and and to show a stronger, you know, case that you're going to have actual damages if it goes ahead. So, that, you know, that's going to be a crapshoot, um, and it, you know, requires way more knowledge of the judges in Cobb County than, than I know. Um, in terms of whether this has been tried before, you know, I don't know. You know, every every local jurisdiction has its own. Um, rules about what you can and can't do without going to a public vote. I think the issue here was you're now not allowed to levy new taxes um, without going to a public vote in Cobb County. And the stadium proponents are, and you know, the heads of Cobb County are saying, well, this isn't a new tax. This is just an extension of an old tax surcharge that otherwise would expire. So, I mean, I've certainly made the case that yeah, it's a new tax in the sense that it's a tax that otherwise you wouldn't have to be paying once it expired. Yeah. Um, but whether or not that holds up in a court of law rather than in a court of internet rhetoric, which is the one I play in, <laughs> um, <laughs> I have no clue. Well, you say that they have to they have to show that there's actual losses involved, but isn't like almost a half a million dollar baseball stadium, isn't that an actual loss? 
Yeah. Um, again, I don't know what the burden of proof is for 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 getting an injunction. You know, okay. you, I know usually, typically, the idea is it has to be something where, and again, I am extremely not a lawyer, but it has it's something where you have to show that um, there's you know no way of uh, of uh, you know going back and recouping your your losses if if uh, the project goes ahead. Um, it, again, it's possible they could get they could get something you know get it actually stopped by a court. Um, but it's going to depend on the nuances of Georgia law and, you know, and who has the better lawyers, to be honest with you. And I have no idea whether the Cobb County Commission or the Cobb County Tea Party has more resources in those, in those regards. Again, you're not a lawyer, but can you, do you have to actively seek an injunction to get one or would the lawsuit just automatically bring one? No, you have to ask for one. Oh, okay. Um, and I don't, again, I don't know what, the, I mean, we, we, we know so little about this deal, you know. We don't even know when they're planning on going ahead with it. They still haven't gotten the, I mean, w- one advantage of them over, you know, something like the Vikings deal that we were, we were talking about is, um, one advantage for, for the opponents in Cobb County is they're fighting a deal that really isn't done yet, right? They still haven't done the transportation plan. They yeah. still haven't done the, um, the lease. So they, it's not like the Braves can go and run out and break ground tomorrow because there are still an awful lot to be, you know, still agreed upon. So if, um, you know, the opponents and, you know, the Tea Party folks can um, get some momentum behind this lawsuit and start saying, okay, well, you know, we're, we actually have a significant challenge against this, you know, who knows? They might have a shot. I mean, it's it's worth throwing all these things at the at the wall and see what sticks. I mean, when I was growing up, there was a giant uh, highway project that was going to be built along the side of Manhattan um, that I remember was like the you know the the big deal in the newspapers when I was like you know nine ten years old, and it wound up getting stopped because of some environmental legislation around uh, striped bass. I think it was. Oh. You know. Um, I don't think anybody would have predicted that would have been what stopped it, but it was. So, um, you know, you, you try everything in your, every arrow in your quiver, and you never know which one's going to work. Oh, definitely. I love the two side stories from the Braves this week that um, Cobb County Commissioner Chair Lee, uh, Tim Lee is a webmaster of an artificial turf company that may bid on a new stadium if it gets that far. And the Weather Channel might be getting in on the corporate subsidies action. <laughs> and that was just wonderful. One of the other channels, like we might have to move out of Cobb County if we don't get subsidies. Um, I don't think anyone was aware that the Weather Channel was in Cobb County until today. Um, so it's not like Cobb County was really reaping the benefits of that uh, international acclaim it got for being, you know, putting them on the map as the home of the Weather Channel. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think that was necessarily a consequence of the Braves deal, but it certainly shows that it's difficult to offer subsidies to one company without lots of other companies wanting them as well because you know i mean sure of course once you see that the that the you know the teller window is open you might as well go up and ask for some cash well i love how you demonstrate as well that if you're going to give a subsidy to someone the weather channel makes more sense because you get more back from the investment yeah, no. I mean, at least you're going to get some actual jobs there, actual full-time jobs. Um, whereas with the Braves, you're getting a, you know, a small, you know, mo- most of the jobs are coming over from Atlanta, first of all. So you don't even know, since it's a regional labor market, right? You yeah. Might end up having a lot of the same people working there who work there now. It's not like people can't drive from Atlanta to Cobb County to work or couldn't drive now from Cobb County to Atlanta to work. Um, and also just so many of them are, are part-time um, because... 
you know, baseball's a part-time business. It is. Forget about that. Yeah. Uh, well, we've had four major sports leagues get public subsidies for years now. Then NASCAR and Major League Soccer joined the fray and started to do the ass. Now professional rodeo. <laughs> Can you talk about the Florida County trying to attract the rodeo by building an arena? I have to say, you know, living as I do in the non-rodeo section of America, <laughs> I had not really given much thought to professional rodeo and possibly stadium subsidies until a few days ago. Um, but, yeah, apparently um, Osceola County, which is right, like right next to um, – uh, Orlando is spending, you know, or looking to spend about $50 million to help build a 24,000-seat national rodeo finals arena um, to lure that from to Florida from Las Vegas. And they just had some hilarious arguments, well, you know, hilarious depending on how you look at it, um, <laughs> in favor of this, you know, simultaneously saying um, that, you know, this will really put their county and put Central Florida on the map, and then also arguing that this will be really great because, you know, everyone will want to come there because Central Florida already has, what's that thing in Central Florida they have? Oh, it's Disney like, World? Some, yeah, Disney World, that's it. <laughs> Jesus Land, so, or there's um, that too. And, you know, since then, people have been raising the issue of, like, is there really such a huge rodeo market in Florida that they're going to be able to, um, you know, draw people for this? I, mean, I guess people can fly in for it, but it just seems like a really, really, you know, sort of Hail Mary of, you know, to mix our sports metaphors. Um, I don't <laughs> actually know any rodeo metaphors. Um, it seems like a real Hail Mary of a, of a play to try and get tourist dollars, you know, that, uh, you know, hey, we found a thing that nobody else has. Let's, you know, spend $50 million on it, and maybe, you know, if you build it, then people will come. Yeah. Um, because it's been so difficult to get people to come to Central Florida for any other reason. I've, we were running out of time. I did have an uh, Oakland A's question I wanted to ask, but I'll just yep. I'll just do the, the joke one because we're out of time. Uh, have you ever wanted to live in an artistic rendering of a stadium for a day? You know, I would love to live in an artistic <laughs> rendering of a stadium for a day. If I ever like join one of those like Second Life kind of online communities, I'm totally going to move into you know probably like a uh, an artistic rendering maybe of old Yankee Stadium or old oh, Tiger Stadium or one of those things. Yeah. Totally going to do that. Okay. Well, um, yeah, the, the A's has, it's a more of a serious story than that, but we're just flat out of time. Neil DeMoss, he has fieldofschemes.com in the book as well. Uh, he's got an ongoing pledge drive there, and we'll talk to you in the new year in 2014. Have a good uh, holiday season. You as well, and see you in the new year. All right. See you in the new year. This is the Heather McCoy Show.